0: Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Uh, we've got a new one coming up, first of the month, first of August, and that's going to be with the oh, a rising star in the literary world, Britt Bennett. Yes, uh, great conversation. She's also going to be one of the keynote speakers at the PNWA's fall uh, virtual conference. And speaking of the PNWA, the authored authors funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, who have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. can learn more about the PNWA at pnwa.com. Ord. So today's guest, I had a great conversation with Jude Rittenhouse. She's an uh, award-winning poet, short story, and creative nonfiction writer. And she's also a speaker, teacher, and holistical, excuse me holistic mental health professional. Her poems, essays, and articles have appeared in literary magazines and anthologies including the Nimrod International Journal, Teferret Journal, and Lay Bare the Canvas, uh, and uh, among others. And her awards include a writer's grant from the Vermont Studio Center, a first-place Day of the Writer Short Story Award, two Poets and Patrons of Chicago Awards, uh, a Glimmer Train Press Poetry Award, and multiple finalist awards for the Pablo Neruda Prize and the Teferret Poetry Prize. Uh, she was the co-founding editor for the feminist uh, literary magazine Moon Journal, And she is a non-dual Kabbalist healer with a master's degree in counseling. And we just had a great conversation about all kinds of interesting stuff. Healing, poetry, feminism. It's all in there. Enjoy. Jude. welcome. It's good to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's good to be here.
0: So, all right, you are, um, well, first of all... uh, I'm gonna get tired asking this question. Maybe I'm gonna stop, but I'm not tired yet. How's it going for you? I know that my mom's out there, my sister's out there in Rhode Island, and I know things were looking like they were gonna open up and then they kind of shut that. So how are you faring with all this quarantine?
1: I am built for quarantine. I'm, (laughs) I'm very, very happy without a lot of human energy coming at me. I'm really good, really adept at introversion. And I live very near the shore. So, and that's why our numbers are going up because the State Beach, Musquamacut, you said you're from Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. You know, Musquamacut. Um, we've had this massive influx of people from all over the country who are not following the governor's rule of quarantining. Right. So, because I have a compromised immune system, and right now I am on my fourth round with Lyme disease. Oh, no. Um, oh. Uh, I'm, you know what? I know the drill, and I'm good. Okay. Oh, good. God, I'm sorry to I'm, hear that. I'm a couple weeks into the cure, and I'll be fine. I caught it early. I found the tip. But, um, yeah, I, I'm look, looking this way because that's the way the beach. We're just That's 10 where minutes, all the trouble 10 is. Ten-minute walk. Yeah, yeah, they're coming from all over. They're not following the rules of quarantining, uh, wearing masks. People. And so our numbers are going up. So I hope all your right. mother stays safe.
0: Well, that's good. So you're a in- bit of an introvert, but I know you wear several hats. You've got, oh, yeah. and but let's talk first about the writing hat, uh, okay. which it seems like primarily poetry is, is sort of the is sort of the. Would you say that's the the foundation of your writing house?
1: You know, it has been for oh boy, I had I had been immersed in fiction, and then in. Uh, the mid 90s i went back to my first love poetry oh, and that's where i have primarily stayed until the last couple years where i've begun back into the creative nonfiction world mm-hmm. and um so i've i've actually there's something i'm working on right now called what healing is made of
0: Is that, Um, is that, is that creative? Would you, is that going to be creative nonfiction? I
1: I hope so. I hope so. Um, I've, I've just kind of got a draft. It's come from some trainings that I've been immersed in. Um, But I hope to flesh it out and have it be both accessible and creative.
0: And so um, you, so poetry, so you came back to poetry, which was your first love, you said, when did you fall in love with it, Jude? Was it love at first sight? When did it happen?
1: Oh, gosh, I was a child. I was a child, and um, the first five years of my life, my father was rarely home. He had taken a new job and was traveling, but when he was home, he would occasionally, there were six kids, and he wasn't wow. keen on kids, but Wow! he would sit down and pick up Ogden Nash, and he would read us <laughs> Ogden Nash. There's one, um, what is it? Oh, and he loved Poe. Oh, so, yeah.
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah he oh he loved annabelle lee yeah and um he would recite that and he would read us custard the dragon by ogden nash i don't know which that you, one. Oh, it's delightful yeah. it's and it's especially to, delightful to be read as a child um so yeah i in my family he had come from the wrong side of the tracks and he knew that grammar clothing, manners. These were the things that could raise you up. Right. His father loved Dickens. So he probably learned that from his father's reading of Dickens. Dickens knew that. Sure. Um, And that was really drilled into us. So I kind of grew up with a love hate relationship with words. It was like, Oh, that's interesting. I love them because of what they can do in your head. Yeah. I loved reading because of where it could take me. Yeah. But they had to be perfect with him.
0: Oh, that's you tough, not, man. That's It tough.
1: was, but it worked. You know, it's one of those curses that became a gift. because Because I learned grammar. And I don't know that I would have learned it as well in school if you tangled a preposition at dinner, it was bad. <laughs>
0: wow. So he, so he came, so he was really trying, he was coming out of something. He was coming out of a tougher life. Yeah. And, and wanting to, to, to yes. represent this new world that he was entering into. Absolutely. But it was interesting about that, I, that relationship, which I've not, I didn't really experience in that, experience that, but it's tricky for the kid because you're not living what they, like my wife's family came, fled the pogroms in Russia back in, in the early part of the 1900s. Oh, wow. Right. So, but, so they were coming out of one thing that her parents did not come out of. In other words, her parents were born here, different world, but her parent, her grandparents were still kind of in two worlds. And so yeah. they were thinking about being starving in, in Russia and all this kind of yes. thing. Right. Yes. And it's weird as the kid, I would think, because that's not your reality. In other words, your father had no, already
1: not our reality right. because of the work that they do. That's right, because
0: he had laid this. And foundation. when you
1: grow up, you can see that if you do your if you do any kind of awakening at all, you then can see it and appreciate it. And I'll tell you this: one thing I know for sure, we all came from tougher times—the <laughs> 1700s, the 1800s. Right. Well,
0: yes, yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. I don't
1: even want to think about it, no. especially to be a woman. Sure. Well, you're a slave to your produ- reproductive system.
0: Sure, sure. So, oh. yeah,
1: it's kind of amazing, but it can turn into a gift, and it did.
0: I like to tell my, my son, who's my oldest son, who's very interested in progress, I reassure him, progress has been made. I know it's hard to see. Oh, yeah. You know, he sees it one way, but it's like I, it was in the 70s, in the 60s. I was born in the 60s, but in the 70s, it was different. I mean, it wasn't horrendous, but it was different. You know, it was there was stuff that is that was said then that would not be said now, and was done that. Absolutely, not I li-
1: done that. honey, I lived it. I yeah. lived it. I'm yeah. born in the '50s. I grew up in the civil rights era. I grew up. I was fortunate, so fortunate to that my mother had us involved with a church that networked with an inner city Cleveland church, so that that congregation, that African-American congregation came to ours, we went to theirs, right, so was- and we were like, my mother was a fabulous bleeding heart liberal in those days, right. and and it got inside of me, and it shaped and informed my entire life. But it was a tremendously different world oh, yeah. for, for racism, or sexism. Oh my God, the yeah. things I endured in the business world in the in the 70s, you don't even want to know about right. it. Right.
0: No, it was just a whole different mindset. It was yeah. a whole different remember yeah. my wife, I think I'll keep her. Do you remember that ad that was, that oh,
1: God. We, right, it was yes. such a big it
0: was such a fun you could oh. never do it now, right?
1: I no, it, was, it was a joke in our that. house
0: because my mom raised my parents were divorced, my mom was raising us, and so it was kind of a joke in our house. But <laughs> you know, because we laughed.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, of, that would be.
0: Right. All yeah. right. So So, okay, so, you know, uh, poetry, so when did you start writing it? When did you write your first poem
1: and think, this is cool? I I was very little. It was very bad, and I was very, you know, I was little. I was somewhere between the age of four and six. Well, anything you
0: write between the age of four and six is a miracle that your parents are going to celebrate, probably.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, and my dad's secretary typed it up, and it was very, very exciting for me.
0: (laughs) And so what, and when um, when did you start getting kind of serious about it? You know, I was writing as a teen, like I got serious, such as like I knew I wanted to do it, and I started thinking about it and reading oh, yeah. in a certain way. Oh How yeah,, about you?
1: And that's probably about, yeah, when my, my heart and my mind knew I wanted to be a writer. I had right. this image of being a writer, because writing, reading, reading other people's writings saved me. And it was somewhere in maybe my sophomore year of high school that I discovered Muriel Rukeyser, Rukeser. Oh, Muriel sure.
0: Rukeyser. I haven't kind of heard that name. And
1: oh, God. Her poem, An Effort at Speech Between Two People. That one just. Oh, I don't
0: she's the, wait, she's the life is not made of atoms, but of very small stories.
1: Oh, is I that, don't remember. Is that, that her that. Who said that I don't I'm what, sorry. You, what you may know her for and what yeah. I knew her for is if one woman told the truth about her life, the world would split open.
0: Right. Oh yeah, I'm familiar I am familiar with that yeah. quote.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's from her poem Um Catha Holloway. So you read her
0: and that shook you up. That really.
1: That did and Dickinson did and they, you know, it was. And so, you know, I did the bachelor's in English and um, then I got trapped for a while in the world of advertising because I was, I wanted to be a grown-up and have a career. And my father said, what do you think you can earn a living as a poet? And so I knew that was like, not likely. So I spent the first decade post-college in marketing.
0: Wow. A decade. Yeah. A decade. Well, yeah. you know, there is some crossover between the poet and the marketing, and that you got to be quick. You don't have a lot of time. Yeah. So there is a little bit of, a little bit of, you can apply. You know,
1: it, I'm, I have no regrets. I have absolutely no regrets. Um, but, and, and that helps me to understand the wider world. Having lived in that right. world for a time, Right. helps me to understand the wider world. But basically, I was living that world just a decade or so after. What is the name of that TV series that...
0: Oh, uh, Mad Men. Yeah. So you were like just after... Because Mad Men's like... I these, lived these it. Slim Ties. <laughs> so and so you it were there didn't,
1: it didn't change bottoms. much in the 70s, let me tell you.
0: Yeah. And where's, where were you doing the mark? Was it in New York? I was, was it- in...
1: No, I was in Chicago, the Gold Coast. Okay. Um I was. I worked for a couple of different agencies in Chicago and then Milwaukee. Um, and were then you married
0: at that time?
1: I actually married and divorced in college and said I'm never wow. <laughs> married.
0: Wow! Married and divorced in college?
1: Yeah. You just yeah. got a
0: head start. You said I'm yeah. just. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: I okay. Was always in a hurry. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> I guess. So yeah. Um. I mean, I've been. I've been with a man now for 36 years. We okay. never. We never had church or. Uh, state. It's a yeah it was you know like, it's funny not, I it's just more my, sacred than that we don't need the church or the state to tell right. us it's okay
0: my anniversary was a couple days my 28th wedding anniversary but we always have two anniversaries when I moved here it was 30 years ago and I can never determine which moved in with her 30 years ago as opposed to marriage okay
1: we always okay. kind of
0: weigh which is our real
1: oh it's the 30-year one that's how long you've been navigating. That's, that's how long, long we the real navigating
0: one. is right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's the real one.
0: <laughs> so, so, yeah. so all right. So there you are. You're trying to make a living. Be a grown up. Pay the bills. And you know it's interesting about that because I talked to a lot of writers about that, which is that just learning that you can do this, like you can survive, like you can be a grown. It's no small thing, and you can see right. people can make a whole life dedicated just to that. Get a yes. bigger car, bigger house, bigger vacation, and totally yeah. wake up and say, this never meant anything.
1: Yeah, wouldn't that right? be sad? I'm so grateful I didn't go that way. I, I think around late 20s, early 30s, that little voice, that little deep voice started saying, come on, honey, this isn't why you're here. Are you right. going to do this for your life? Or are you going to wake up and hear why you're here? Right. And so I shifted slowly from um, that. I did some marketing consulting once I moved back to Chicago And, um, and that's when I really, I had dabbled in writing all along. I had my first publication credit was 1978. All right. Poem? Feature feature piece in the Milwaukee Sentinel.
0: Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Hey, you know, you got it. You've seen your words.
1: You take what you can get. That's right. At that age. Um, and so once back in the Chicago area, I My home away from home became Prairie Moon Feminist Books and Women Friendly Space in Arlington Heights, Illinois.
0: Where? Okay. All right. Wow. It's a
1: Northwest suburb and it was a godsend. And
0: why was it a godsend? uh,
1: Because I met other writers of the same mindset, very aware that women were not being published like men were being published and that. Even this is the late
0: seventies. Even that was still still the case.
1: Oh, it was even later than that. It was the late eighties into the nineties, and in fact, yeah, and in fact, in the mid nineties. Oh, very. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, yeah.
0: Well, I don't know because that's when I started getting. I'm sure
1: it isn't still that way to some degree. Okay.
0: Well, my experience was mostly through like conferences where it was dominated by women. I would say they were most of the agents and editors and the attendees. So my experience of it once I was in it. Starting in the early '90s, was it was predominantly female, at least from my side of it that I saw. Yeah,
1: that's not what I saw at the conferences. So maybe it's just maybe it's our well, Maybe eyes it's Seattle. W- maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it is Seattle. Actually, yeah. Anyway, so I um, because of that atmosphere, and I was facilitating writing workshops there, and I was taking classes. They actually then created an arm uh prairie moon academy okay and i I taught through that and i took classes through that and met marvelous writers and created a feminist literary magazine co-founded it with mary bear it's now archived at um what's that called uh i hate it when i forget things (laughs) In Smith College, at the Sophia oh, nice. Smith, the Sophia Smith collection. Yeah.
0: Congratulations.
1: There. Yeah, it's cool because it gave a lot of voices. It helped them get out into the world. Right. And that, that to me, to be a part of that is, I love it that I got. Were you there.
0: editing it also?
1: Yes. yes. Did you like Absolutely. the editing
0: part of it? Or do
1: they? Was uh, it... Certain aspects. Yeah. Um, I loved finding something marvelous. And sometimes Mary and I would go head to head about what was going to be in it. Because we right. had very different sensibilities. Oh,
0: well, okay. So what was the I difference? Went. Like, how would you define your sensibility
1: um, and at at the right way, one? As to... I was, I was really comfortable with um, really strong emotions in poetry. And she was not. She, she wanted, wanted a little more intellectual. Very, yeah. Very nice very oh, um okay. not, i'm i'm not putting it correctly more of a spiritual nature oh, and at okay. that point in my in my reality you know i was aiming toward a, a spiritual path but i was very much gung-ho feminist you're more of an
0: activist path at that point. yes
1: at, yeah. and i still am i'm both well, i learned you can be both
0: you can be both but they, i you know there can be a, a and there's an unnecessary conflict sometimes between the spiritual and the activist. There needn't be, but sometimes it seems like, because yeah. the, the spiritual is trying to answer it one way, and the activist is focusing on another aspect of it, let's say, you know, which is I, These structural.
1: days, these days, have you read Doris Blessing? Mm. I she have had not. A, a, She had something, a space fiction series, and there's one of the volumes, and it was called The Sentimental Agent. Sentimental
0: agent, okay. The
1: Sentimental Agent, and it's space fiction, you know, it's about the wider universe. And so these very amazingly advanced uh, creatures from elsewhere are sending this agent down to trouble spots on various (laughs) worlds.
0: Uh, We're a troubled spot.
1: We would be, and the sentimental agent arrives, and with all the tools to just help calm it all down, gets caught up in all of it and becomes one of the leaders of the mind. Right, right. I feel like the sentimental agent these days. Well,
0: but you also, so one of the other hats you wear is you are a counselor.
1: I am a therapist, yes.
0: And a therapist, and, you know, it strikes me, so I'm a coach. A writing coach, but my writing coaching quickly morphed into other things just to teach of people course. how to be a writer. And then I only really found this to be the case. I find writing to be therapeutic.
1: Yes. I write about
0: my own life. And one of the things I realized about writing my own life is I can't judge what happened to me as good or bad. That's been my, yes. that's my standard. And exactly. as soon as you start doing that, it changes your relationship to what you call suffering or good luck or bad luck or whatever yes. it is. Yes. And that must be helpful because you got, because poems, they are kind of like little tiny memoirs, I think. Little, if you mm. if you write about your own life, you know.
1: They and, can be. They can be so many. I mean, to me, writing is part of my spiritual path. It's, it's how I discover what I'm learning. Yeah. And sometimes I find something that I know now that I didn't know, and I didn't even know I knew it.
0: Yeah. And yes. that's what
1: I love about writing is the discovery.
0: In fact... So I write a lot of a lot of essays, and um, I have learned that because it's often about the same subject, uh, more or less. That I will get bored if I don't go in with the reminding myself, go discover. Don't think you know. Don't think you know, Bill. You don't, or you're bored by what you know about anything. No matter how many times I've written about it, the discovery is everything. It's the only thing that keeps I me agree. interested.
1: Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I think that would. Was- probably is what got in the way when i was working on a novel it was you know trying to plan it out and that's just not what i enjoy
0: ah you were trying to plot it you were yes. trying to outline it now you yes. see you got or at one. least
1: keep track of it
0: <laughs> well you know you one of the things about writing novels is you got to know how you want to write a novel because there's so many different ways mm-hmm. to come at it the nice thing about a poem is you can like see the thing you know all yeah. at once kind of where is kind of. You know, I'm, I actually listened to Bob Dylan discuss writing his memoir. And he's like, man, I can't hold it in my head all like I could. The song, I could just keep singing it. But that yeah. thing, it just was so big, I couldn't hang yeah. on to it. You know, so yeah. it's different.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, well, t- talk to me about the moment of coming back to poetry. You'd you, you, you you'd straight away and then you returned. Can you remember that so moment? Quite,
1: oh, tonight? very vividly. What happened was, um, it was at my college graduation that, we were all around a big dinner table and everybody was going around so what are you going to do with your degree? And it got to me and I was silent and they said, "So, are you going to be a teacher?" And I said, "Nope." And they said, "Are you going to be are you going to go into advertising?" I said, "Nope." And my father piped up, "What? Do you think you can earn your living as a poet?" And that's just So, in 1994, He was diagnosed with a terminal metastatic cancer. Shortly after, three months later, he had a massive stroke that wiped him out. But his body, my mother wasn't ready to let go, put in a feeding tube. He was alive for the next nine months. Nothing there. Right. And I was helping to take care of him. Right. So I'd been working on a novel and short stories. And all of a sudden, all I had were little... 15 minutes sometimes or less increments of time. I could work on a line. I could work on a right. word, finding the right word in right. that kind of a time frame. Right. So it was like what he took away from me, he gave back to
0: wow, me. Wow. That's so cool. Isn't it though? That is so cool. You <laughs> know, that's great. And how often I would think just the way I, because in our short 20 minutes or so minutes talking, you have mentioned that moment twice between you and your dad. I have got to think, that is a moment you have come back to numerous times. That moment he said, what do you think you're going to do? Make, a, I mean, to have your father say that to you.
1: Oh, now, yeah. You know, it's just there's been a lot. Well-intentioned as that. it was. Yes. Well-intentioned. Oh, so but that's what parents, and you've got to have experienced uh, that oh as a parent. Oh, God. Oh, but yeah. But, but Bill, you can't beat up on yourself about
0: no, that. No, no, no. The
1: mistakes you make as a parent, they're not mistakes. They're the best you can do or you wouldn't yeah. do them. It's then up to the growing child as they grow and become an adult themselves. That's their material to work with. That's
0: right. That's, that's right. it. And
1: that's you, right. you have to let it go and say, I did the best. I gave you love. And that's how I feel about that moment is... Yeah. He did the best he could. He was trying to protect me. Um, quite honestly, it was a, what the, what, a a mild thing to do compared to when he wanted me to become an airline stewardess because he wanted free airfare. <laughs> oh
0: my god, That's so that funny! That
1: was not going to work with my body. My bo- I don't fly well. Right. My ears don't ever pop. It would have been miserable. Aye. So you know, but he was he was doing the best he could, and I know that. I and, know you know,
0: ultimately, and here's the truth, is that it's up to you, no matter what, to decide yes. you commit. It, it, yeah. They can say whatever they want, but you got to yeah. make your decision.
1: And you got to turn it into something.
0: Yeah. Whatever that's the rules right.
1: are you get, you turn them into gifts because that's what you can do. That's I know right. that's what how it can happen.
0: So what is Jude doing right now? Like, you know, how we evolve as writers. We're like always changing. I'm I can see, I'm wondering what's next for me and so on. What's going on with Jude right now?
1: You know, I, I have two books that are out, to publishers, two book-length poetry manuscripts, and I have a third one that I'm working on that's called The Architecture of Existence. Nice. I like it. <laughs> that's a, like a good, good one. one. Yeah, it's good. I like it. And so I'm just, as I've always done with poetry, I just, I don't go searching for, I see what comes. Oh yeah. And I'll read you a little short one. Yeah. That I wrote recently and I don't know where it is, how done it is, how much more I don't know.
0: Oh, you're brave. You don't care.
1: What have I got to lose?
0: The nothing. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs>
1: That's the lovely thing about getting old, you really don't care anymore. I'm waiting
0: for that. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it comes it comes too soon. Yes. In the beginning I learned from childhood's sherbet sunsets. Didn't matter, their orange came from Akron's tire factories. That boisterous light filled a lake, hillside, west's entire horizon. I watched maples find their green, deepen it, sheerly to let go, let green become red gold garments falling to cloak earth as trunks and limbs went naked displayed strong bodies reaching for clouds and stars i saw how to be what earth and destiny needed
0: Ooh. now i like that last line you stuck the landing uh, which is i think critical and that was a lovely last line. And um, to answer me this, I'm always interested. Poetry was also sort of where I started as a writer, really where I found my voice, I would say, uh, even though I don't really do it anymore. Um, what, how did that start? I was interested in the starting place. Is it just a, a little memory, a line? Where does it start? What was the starting I have
1: just, place? I think, I think my, the starting, what my note says up top is it came from a pra- out of a practice that I'm, during this uh, pandemic, I was very fortunate to have prior to it all beginning to have enrolled in two courses that are part of the non-dual healing school. That is the foundation of my work. Is non-dual? Um, does that
0: refer to the phys- physicists' the, their problem with duality? Is it referring uh, to that?
1: Yeah, it's referring to the physicists, and also um, in many spirit, really in spiritual traditions, in Buddhism, for example, the. And, and in the esoteric and Kabbalah of Judaism um, and in, in, in many traditions, there is this awareness that darkness and light are two faces of the same coin.
0: Right. Great. Yes. So,
1: great. Yep. Um, so it came out of one of the practices I was doing for one of those classes. And the class is uh, by a really masterful teacher, Brenda Blessings, it's a class on intimacy and relationship that's really the the ground is the relationship we have with ourselves yep and with our identity and our beliefs yeah impacts everything else yes yes so when we open that up and awaken to Oh wow! I believe that, but is it true?
0: That's right. That's oh who yeah. I thought
1: I was, but yeah. is that yeah. who I am? Yep. And life tries to do that to us over and over. But oh, we're it wants good at you to resist- let it go. Yeah, but we're good at resisting. Yes, we, right. are. Yeah. <laughs> so so we are.
0: So it came
1: out of one of those practices, um, you know, basically of how I learned to be. Yeah. And then was a progression of really what I did learn from nature is really where I've landed now that my job is to just be whatever, whatever, whatever the yeah. moment needs.
0: Nature is a great teacher because it's so without judgment, obviously. Yeah. And, so with, and also I, I, it's a funny thing, but it's also without language. And I love language. Uh, yeah. Obviously it's my tool, but it's got to, we, it's all made up. And, you know, and and nature just is, you know, that Buddhist saying, I think it's like, that's not a tree. It's what we call a tree.
1: Yes.
0: In fact, this is how I teach, quote unquote, original writing. I say to my students, if you want to write originally, forget language for a moment and see the thing before language and then let the language come. Does that make sense?
1: You would love this non-dual work. You really would Ah, love
0: this Maybe I am a non-dualist instinctively
1: you are clearly oh, you good. are <laughs> yeah the other class i'm taking is a anandol shaman shaman class that's done by the the head of the school jason shulman again a masterful amazing man he's got many books out that are and music he's, he's a fabulous musician you can find his stuff but um that class is about seeing what the world is made of when you don't have language, when you let go of the words.
0: Yeah. It's, it's when you critical. Just see,
1: yeah. It's very cool. You really have really. to
0: just be, it's not that yes. easy because we're so busy running our little pop, 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 yes. pop, you know, uh, that it's, but it's critical because language can form a kind of filter over. It's a story. Yeah. It becomes a story.
1: Absolutely. We forget that words are metaphors. They're not the real thing. Nope. No, And, no, no. and that, the tree that we look at and it's something separate no it's not if you look at it closely air is woven in That's there right. and the right. leaves are something different than the branches yeah. and the birds are using it and the insects are using it and where i actually have a poem somewhere where uh, that that is, has a line in it where where does the tree end and sky begin
0: that's right. Yeah. Yes, it's one of the beauties of like painting because you see that it's all sort of blended together. I love it. All right. So if people listening to this think this Jude, she's pretty interesting. I want to learn more about her if they don't already know about you. So the best place to do that is probably on your website. Would that be true? Probably.
1: I also just created a YouTube channel fairly hey, recently, but I only congrats. have one thing, uh, only one thing on it so uh, far. <laughs> all
0: right. It's not, not much to go there for yet. Okay.
1: No, not yet, but I'll get there.
0: So, if people want to, like, buy your books or work with you, can they go to, is it juderittenhouse.com? Dot com. Com? Okay. Yeah. And that, all your stuff .com. is there? Yes. Do you ever do virtual workshops or that sort of thing?
1: I haven't in a while, um, just because during the pandemic, my my private practice has been very busy. I'll bet. People, people are really struggling these days. Yeah. Um, and a number of my, I have a lot of therapists in my practice that oh, are my cool. clients, and so I'm pretty busy with that. But I hope to go back to doing that because I love it. I love it. Right. Um, for a, a dozen years or so, I taught monthly writing workshops at a domestic violence shelter, mm. and it it's one of oh, it touches my heart so deeply to watch human beings connect with themselves when they've been out of touch and find their voice it's just so glorious
0: that's right it's the connecting when they're out of touch yeah it's what i mean healing to me always strikes me as just remembering who you are
1: yeah it's just
0: it's a re andre debuse the novelist talked about his memoir it's a remembering putting back together yes and and i think that's really true as opposed to fixing it's just remembering
1: yeah and, and letting go of the, the beliefs that aren't true that that's somebody right. shoved at you and labored right. on yeah. you.
0: You know, the whole idea of finding who you are, I think, is just realizing all the stuff you've laid over yourself. Like, that's yes. not me. That's not me. That's not me. That's not yes. me. How you collected them just accidentally, these little stories.
1: Yes. And believe so it. Good. And it's, yeah.
0: All right. Jude, you're an interesting person. I'm glad I got you on the show, but I'm not done with you.
1: Okay. okay.
0: Listen to my shows. You may know what's coming now. What I want you to do is finish oh. this sentence for me.
1: Oh dear, I've forgotten has about taught this. You
0: anything writing has taught you? Anything? It's taught you what? Don't think about it.
1: How to listen to myself? Ah! And yes. how to listen to something larger? Yeah. How to listen yes. to what's trying to come through me?
0: Yes. Yes. Writing is not thinking. It's listening.
1: Yeah. It's
0: not thinking people that's listening. That's beautiful. Jude, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. This has been delightful. Have a great rest of your day. 18- plus.